Uh, we segue now to the question of honoring an institution that is well known to specialists, are we gonna... but most are not specialists, and an institution that is well deserving of being honored and rewarded and people be made more aware and appreciative of. It has to do with the Kuwait Fund for Arab Economic Development. It's the oldest of the Middle East development infrastructure, financial developmental assistance institutions and organizations. One is now familiar with others, but they've all patterned themselves on the scale and the model and the example of the Kuwait Fund, which was established in 1961, shortly after uh, Kuwait obtained its full independence from Great Britain, which for decades had administered Kuwait's defense in its foreign relations. It so happened as the United States government began to belt in its, uh, belt in its tight, <laughs> tighten its belt, as that belt in its tight, it's a good phrase, isn't it? Tighten its belt uh, on budgetary cutbacks there. Uh, and 98% of America's uh, economic assistance to the world's less fortunate went to around five countries. Israel and Egypt getting a third of the total, and then uh, Greece and uh, Pakistan and the Philippines at a time, <clears throat> the remainder. Uh, but the Kuwait Fund is more than 120 countries that benefit from that one organization versus mainly five from the United States. And if you ask most Americans on the street, how much money do you think from our government's budget goes to foreign aid, to other countries, to those, to them, to the others? And many will say 20%, 25%. It's not even 2% of the U.S. government. And yet we're the richest country in history, richest country in the world in terms of um, material uh, well-being. So we have a self-image of being the world's most generous. But the facts are otherwise. If you take the following two frames of reference, ponder the implications of what this means and what we have, what needs to be cherished, treasured, and defend, and defend it there. Um, Kuwait has been number one since 1961 among all world organizations, governments, in terms of the percentage of its material wealth that it shares with the less fortunate of the world. Number one, uh, we're way up there in terms of the aggregate, but not in terms of percentage of our GDP, which is 21 trillion and counting. The runner-up, the one that scares the daylights out of so many is 18 trillion, that's China. Uh, America still has the lead in terms of research and development. More than one-third of all research dollars that help to improve the lives of humanity are from American research laboratories and firms. And if you take into consideration American subsidiaries, Europe, Asia, Africa, Latin America, and elsewhere, it's 40-some percent of all of the research development monies that go to improve lives. Look at the technology in this auditorium. 
look at the mobile phones, look at the electronic communications, uh, look at the instantaneous ways of being in touch and saving lives and easing lives and making life more bearable, leisurely or productively or other, otherwise. If you take in terms of consideration individuals, we all have a self-image that no one is more charitable than we are. Not true. Among the world's peoples, we're 17th. Most of the European countries give more per capita to charitable causes than we do. We think we're number one. We use World Bank and IMF statistics. We're number 17. So this uh, aspect of thinking we're number one, we, us, is the epitome of arrogance. And it's just a lens, a prism, through which so many look at Americans and how Americans see themselves, but not how always others see Americans. So this Kuwait fund has been referred to by the United States government when countries have come to Uncle Sam and Aunt Samantha and say, hey, fine fellow, can you spare me a dime? We're undergoing famine at the present time. We have floods, we have earthquakes, we have pestilence, we have a tsunami, can you help? And we said, well, we just don't have it. There, call Kuwait, call Kuwait. And one of the reasons we don't know about Kuwait and its largesse and its financial humanitarian contributions to lessen the burdens of the troubled of, amongst humanity is because of an Islamic value. And that is to not call attention to yourself, to be a third person singular, not a first person singular there. And during the period when Kuwait was under occupation and the victim of aggression in 1990 from August until late February, um, many people said no blood for oil. I took a delegation every single month for 12 months, one after the other, to Kuwait of American leaders. And virtually every one of them said, I'm ashamed of myself. I was one of those who marched and the parades of no blood for oil there. And how many knew what I just mentioned in terms of what Kuwait represented, uh, that Kuwait would not have uh, broadcast to the rest of the world? In keeping with the Islamic value of focusing on the other more than, than on the self. There's one country, for example, that had a government that uh, voted against sending uh, armed forces uh, to Saudi Arabia so that the invasion would not spread beyond uh, Kuwait. <clears throat> and it so happened that uh, that particular country, the largest employer outside of the government, uh, was a hotel chain, 18 hotels in that country, owned by Kuwait. But the workers themselves did not know that. And so sometimes when you don't broadcast what you're doing, it can, it can come back to hit and hurt you. But by and large, no. The example is, don't tell the other that I'm your benefactor. If I provide a scholarship to some of the young students here in this room, 
From the moment they know I'm the person that does it, they will be deferential to me, referential to me. Hi, Dr. Anthony. Hi, thank you, Dr. Anthony. I'm doing what I'm doing only because of you. Thank you, thank you. The entire relationship would change. The chemistry, the body language, the communications, the whole value complex in our relationship. And why? If I'm the more lucky, the more fortunate than they, and why? Because they have a legitimate need, a legitimate concern, a legitimate interest in becoming more educated. Why should the relationship change between the two of us if I'm the more fortunate than they are? And so we salute this particular organization uh, that has not called attention to itself, but has done such a remarkable uh, degree of work in lessening the travails of humanity. It's the Kuwait Fund for Arab Economic Development, and it's Director General uh, Marwan El Ghanim, uh, who has worked his way up to this position to represent this mother, this pearl of all of the de developmental economic assistance uh, organizations in the Arab region, in the Middle East, the Islamic world, and we have the ambassador of Kuwait, uh, Jassim uh, Boudai, uh, who's former president, head of the Kuwait mission to the United Nations with us as well. With the uh, Kuwait fund representatives, please come forward. Yes, Mr. Ambassador, we won't feel safe unless you're here. Yes. I, want, I want you visually to see something that will go beyond and match, surpass my word, about the work of this fund. Ladies and gentlemen, we now have the privilege, pleasure, and honor of doing something we've never done before, and that is to present the first ever Distinguished Global Developmental Assistance Award to the Kuwait Fund for Arab Economic Development in recognition of its humanitarian efforts to raise and retain the standard of living of peoples and communities throughout the world. To accept it, we have its Director General, Mawarn El Ghanem, to accept this award along with the Ambassador of Kuwait, Jassim al Badai. Thank you very much, Anthony, Dr. Anthony. I think you covered everything that I want to mention. Let me first uh, mention that I'm honored uh, to be here. And not only to be here, also in the presence of His Highness uh, Prince Turkey bin Talaq bin Faisal, and I don't see him, uh, Ambassador Edward Ghanem. Those two figures are a very dear friend to the Kuwaiti uh, throughout their life. Uh, 
am năp As I mentioned, Dr. Anthony mentioned everything about Kuwait Fund. Uh, let me tell you about a tiny country in the northern east of the Arabian Peninsula. Immediately after the liberation, uh, after the uh, independence from the British ruler, at that time, the uh, fathers of Kuwait, at the time of uh, late Sheikh Abdullah Salim al-Sabah, we called him the father of the uh, constitution of Kuwait, thought of the uh, of the neighboring country where the 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 uh, at that time uh, used, uh, the late uh, emir the sheikh jabir ahmed subah was the minister of finance uh, they thought of the establishment of kuwait fund Uh, to assist the neighboring country, especially the Arab country, uh, with with the God uh, gift of the oil production, uh, we they established the fund at that time. I mentioned 1961, and we operate in most of the Arab country, neighboring country, until mid 70. Then the uh, the first expansion of our operation to cover Africa and Southeast Asia, and the third expansion was immediately after the liberation of Kuwait from the Iraqi aggression, where we covered uh, the uh, uh, Eastern uh, Eastern Europe and uh, the Latin America. Kuwait Fund now operates in 107 countries. Uh, throughout this year, we, we, we finance more than 1,000 uh, loans to various projects in, in different sectors. Uh, my colleague uh, mentioned in his table about uh, uh, Egypt. Uh, Egypt is the, the first recipient country from, our, from Kuwait Fund resources. And the tape mentioned uh, Bahar al-Baqar, the uh, water treatment program. It should, it should have more, more on that project. Uh, this project is, uh, uh, is gained, up, I think, more than six international awards as, as the largest water treatment uh, program. Proudly to say that we, Kuwait Fund, with the, with the cooperation with the Arab Fund headquarters also in Kuwait, With the, with the cooperation with the International Cooperation Ministry in Egypt, we finance that project. Uh, Kuwait Fund will continue uh, assisting its, uh, continue its operation, assisting different countries throughout the year. Uh, it's, it's the lending uh, arm of the government of Kuwait. At that time, uh, we still do this duty, uh, representing the state of Kuwait government in different international organizations like the IMF and the African Development Bank. We've been in, in uh, the, uh, one of the first responses to the, to the Chernobyl disaster, uh, representing also Kuwait Fund, uh, Kuwait, state of Kuwait in the in the Chernobyl Recovery Fund. Uh, we we responded to the United States. Uh, Lead for the Afghan uh, crisis, and we continue to do that. Uh, the list is a long list, to be frank with you. But once again, I'm, I'm very honored to represent Kuwait here, the Kuwait Fund, and thank you, thank you for this uh, recognition. Thank you very much. Yeah, make a segue. If you allow me, yeah, no, are, this is just a Hayat Muhammad. This is a talking about Kuwait Fund. Uh, you know Arabic, right? <laughs> well, the logo of Kuwait Fund is the written Arabic, it's the Kuwait Fund for Arab Economic Development. And it's 
my honor to present this one. Okay. Thank you very much. Great, super. Before we break for lunch, uh, there's one segue remark here that uh, when Kuwait was invaded and occupied in 1990, this was right when the Soviet Union had imploded and the 77 years of efforts to spread uh, atheistic, godless communism to other countries uh, ignominiously failed. At the time, it cut off the economic assistance to its East European satellite uh, countries, uh, five of which in particular had no oil or gas. And they asked the United States, please help. Uh, this is the fuel that drives your economy and our economy and every economy. We're talking about the United States saying we just don't have it. No other country said we have it. One country did. We're talking about Bulgaria, Romania, Czechoslovakia, Hungary, and Poland. These five uh, had an effusion put on life support because of Kuwait. We talk about the need for leadership in the world. We have leaders. We have plenty of leaders. What we need are statespeople, statesmen, stateswomen. We need the Mandelas. We need the De Gaulle's. We need the Mother Teresa's there. And we need institutions and individuals who lead them, like Marwan El Ghanem and his staff. Um, please salute these people who are the unsung heroes who realize that if you don't insist on taking credit for something, you can do 10 times as much. And look what this institution has done. Thank you, sir. Thank you.